Thank you, praise team. Thank you for being here today, and uh, for those that are watching online, God bless you. Uh, man, 4th of July weekend. Don't you love 4th of July? As uh, Sam was mentioning earlier, there were so many fireworks. It's like, man, somebody went over and raided Disney or something, because it was everywhere. I mean, last night there was a just a cloud of smoke that was just hovering and wafting over the parking lot and over the lake. It was just incredible. Uh, people celebrating their freedom. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I have this confession. Uh, I love being a citizen of the United States. So, and uh, I've been to a lot of different nations, been to most of our states, I think 47 or 48 states. And I'll tell you, this is the greatest nation that I've ever been in. This is the greatest one that I've seen. And I, I will be honest with you, we are not perfect. Okay, let me, let me say that again. We are not perfect. Some of you are. But... Me being the average American guy, I'm not perfect, and, and we're not perfect, but I will say this, that there is nothing that is perfect that involves humanity. We're not where we want to be, but praise God, we not, we're not where we were. A couple of years ago, Nancy and I were sitting at a little uh, cafe in, in, in Paris, and we were struck up a conversation with two guys from Hong Kong, and they were both um, writers for a newspaper. So I asked them, I said, uh, are, do you find anything changing since China has taken over Hong Kong? And they said, yes, our freedoms are being diminished a little at a time. And if you look now, two years later, what that conversation that I had with them has come to reality that that, that once city nation that, that had freedom that abounded is now they're being restricted. So I, I want to I celebrate the freedoms that we have. I don't want to celebrate the fact that, that we're perfect because we're not. But what makes us a, a great nation is that we do have freedom to choose to be better. We have freedom to reach higher. We have freedom to strive to be who we want to become. We have freedom to change our direction, to change our path, to change our course. If you're tired of your job, you can get another job. If you're tired of doing what you're doing, you can stop and do something else. We have freedom that is just amazing and it's unheard of in our world. We live in a culture today that, that, that we have a freedom, an opportunity to worship. Praise God we have an opportunity to worship. I mean, coronavirus and all, we can still come together and worship the Lord as long as we wear masks and keep our social distancing. We have freedom to vote. Don't you love voting? I love to vote. Uh, we have, and if you don't like who's in the office, guess what? You have the freedom to run for office. I know I'm hitting hard things. 
We have freedoms. If you don't like the way things are, roll up your sleeves and change them. We have the freedom to do that. They are rights given to every citizen of the United States, and we need to exercise those rights. We have a right to worship. We have a right to vote. We have a right to run for office. We have a right for a, to, to gain education. We have a right and a privilege and a freedom to be able to serve one another. I mean, man, we are a, a nation of freedoms, and yet we live in a, in a culture and a time that is that is demanding perfection of an imperfect nation. We're demanding perfection of, of present and past. And, and when we start looking at the past, there is no one that's ever been perfect. In fact, people, I like the term, they are children of their times. In other words, they made decisions based on what they knew at that time. And it's erroneous, it's false, and it's wrong for us to look back and say, with our knowledge today, and judge them that lived 200, 300, 400, 500 years ago based on the knowledge we have, not on the knowledge they had. Because if, if the Lord tarries and generations come, how are future generations going to look at us who murdered thousands upon thousands of children through abortion clinics every year. We're children of our times. Our culture is looking for perfection, but we're looking for perfection in the wrong places. Everybody's wanting freedom, and, and they're wanting uh, equality, and, and we're looking at it, but it seems to elude us, and, and we're looking for freedom for, uh, for healing and for, for our culture, but we're looking at it through legislation, and laws will never change the heart of man. See, bigotry, racism, greed, power, spiritual are spiritual issues that can never be legislated. You cannot legislate morality. You cannot change a person if, you, if you're doing the best you can do. The very best you can do is tame somebody. And here's what taming is. Taming is in, in putting your will over somebody else's. You can tame a dog, but their will is still there. You're just inserting your will over theirs, but their will is still there. And, and until there is a heart change, until there is a spiritual transformation on the inside, our culture, our society, our world is never going to reach where it's wanting to attain. See, it's the inner man that must change. And here's the good news is that the church has been given the voice of freedom. The church, you and I, have been given the voice. We have been given the words. We have been given what, what needs to be said to transform this world. The gospel of Jesus Christ can turn this world right side up. It's not, it's not through Washington, and it's not through uh, Tallahassee, and it's not through any other legislative branch, but it's through the gospel of Jesus Christ that our world will be made right. 
See, Jesus spoke about this, and, and you say, well, how did he know this was going to happen? Here's, here's the great thing about, about the, the gospel, about the Bible. The Bible transcends culture. Notice that the scripture really never gets into minutia or details or, or issues that surrounded one day or one time. Because if he did, it would only be prosperous and, and it would be a blessing for that one time. But it talks about generalities. It talks about deep-rooted issues in the human condition that transcend every culture, that transcend every time. And here's Jesus, and Jesus is speaking to this group. And in John chapter 8, I love watch, uh, reading John. He said, even as he spoke, he being Jesus. By the way, I always put he or him or his when it's, when it's the Lord. I always put it in capital because I do that. And something else I do when it's just not grammatically correct, every time I put down Satan or Lucifer, I always put it in the lowercase. <laughs> Because I don't want to give him any, any right. Uh, even as he spoke, many believed in him. I want you to think about that for a moment. Here's Jesus speaking. And, and, and as he is speaking, people begin to believe in him. Because spoken truth motivates faith. If you want to, to have your faith rise, then speak truth. Listen to truth. There are things that are spoken that you won't agree with, but when truth is spoken, there's something about when God's Word is opened up and the words of life are being spoken, those that will allow their faith to rise, they believed in Him, they acted and put their faith and hope and trust in what He was saying. If you read the scripture in context, they didn't really understand everything that he was saying. But there was something about the truth. Do you remember when you first heard the gospel? Did you completely understand it? It's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, trying, to, trying to understand God. And we, we have all of these, these theories on, on God, but I had one person that... that one professor told me, he said, Jess, if, if, if somebody comes up to you and says, I understand God, I understand the Trinity, I understand the Godhead, he said, run and run fast. Because if you can understand God, that's a very small God. But there's something about truth, real truth, that resonates within the spirit of man. Very, the very core, the inner being, that you know that it's Right? When I heard about Christ, when I heard about Christ dying on a cross, when I heard that he rose again, even though I have never seen anybody rise from the dead, and even though I wasn't there 2,000 years ago, there was something about the story that said within me, I know this is right. I know this is true. And when I acted on that, that's when my life changed. See, spoken truth motivates faith. The gospel of the kingdom motivates faith. This is what Paul wrote in Romans 10. He said this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? 
And how that can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Do you realize it is not our, just our responsibility, but it's our privilege. It's our honor to be able to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. And you don't have to worry about it falling on deaf ears. Our job, our, our privilege is to proclaim the news, the good news that Christ came to redeem. Christ came to heal. Christ came to restore. Christ came to to ransom. Christ came to transform us into the image of Christ, into what we were originally created for. He did this, and, and we have the opportunity to speak that truth to our culture. It's not our job. It's not our, our responsibility, and praise God it's not, for people to respond. Aren't you happy? You're off the hook. That's God's job. Our job is to proclaim the truth. Our job is to speak the truth. It's God's job to speak to the heart of those that are hearing, and it's their job to allow their faith to be enacted that they say, I may not even understand everything I'm hearing, but I know that it's true. Now, I have never seen the Lord come back in a trumpet sound, and I've never seen the dead in Christ rise, and I've never seen bodies transformed, and I've never seen any of that happen, but I know I have read it in Scripture, and I know that it is true, and I know that it is going to happen, and I'm praying that it's going to happen in our lifetime. I'm going to say it again. I pray it happens in our lifetime, you say, but, but then we'll have to go through a bunch of stuff, like COVID-28. <laughs> Everybody's wearing hazmat suits. I don't know. I don't know what we'll have to go through. I don't know what we'll have to endure, but I do know this. Our job is just to proclaim the good news, and, and, it's, and it's God's job to speak to their hearts, and it's the people's job to allow their faith to put, uh, to say, this is true, and I'm putting my faith in it. Let's, let's go on. He said, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. I want you to look at that for a moment. James said it's not the hearers of the word, but it's the doers of the word. The, one other translation said, if you abide in my teachings, not just hold to my teachings, but if you abide to, in my teachings. In other words, it's not just the hearing, but it's the abiding, it's the living, it's acting on. If you're abiding in something, you're living in it. You're, you're abiding in your house. You're, 
You're, you live in that house. You dwell in that house. You use the things in that house. And, and it's not just enough for us to hear the gospel, but we must live out the principles of the gospel for it to really have true effect in our lives. If you really want the fruit of the Spirit in your life, if you really want transformation, if you really want love, not just love for, for your family or love for your friends, but love for humanity. If you really want love and joy and peace and goodness and meekness and temperance and faith, you can't just hear about it. You have to live it. You have to set aside your own preconceived ideologies and begin to delve deep into the things of God and hear the gospel and live the gospel. And it's the freedom that you will find it's based in action. See, it's not based in just hearing. Freedom based on, on a lie is not real freedom. And freedom that is based on just casual observation is not real freedom. If you want to be free, Jesus said to the Jews who believed, if you really want to be my disciples, you have to live it out. You have to live it out. Well, why would you want to be a disciple? Because he goes on to say, then, if you're a disciple, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, it's not enough to just know what Jesus said to know the truth. He is saying, if you really want to know truth, you have to live it out. It's not enough to hear about it. You must put it into practice. And when you put it into practice, then you really know it intimately. You understand it. You comprehend it. And when you begin to comprehend what truth really is, then you understand why Christ died, why Christ came, and that truth will set you free. See, we, everybody wants to, to be free. But not everybody wants to abide in the Word of God. But see, you can't, you can't find truth and you can't find freedom until you become a disciple and you're not a disciple until you live out what you say you believe in. See, that's where our world is, is kind of missing the point. We we hear things and we believe things, but we don't act on them. It's kind of like uh, some of those that you read about that are, that are for uh, global change because they're, they don't want climate change, and yet the whole time they're preaching that, they're flying on their private jet to their yacht. They, living it out, believing it means... If you really believe in something, if you really believe in it, you will act on it. And that's where Jesus said, if you really believe this, you're going to live it. And when you live it, you will know intimately truth. It won't just be an idea, but it'll be something that's in your heart that you know, that you, that you would die for, because this is reality. And when you know truth, when you know it, well, when you know it intimately, it's that truth that sets you free.
set you free from what? They answered him, and keep in mind that these are our Jewish descendants of Abraham, and they said, we have the law, we are Abraham descendants, and, and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? But see, but the Jews were looking for a physical kingdom, they were looking for physical freedom, even though they were under bondage to Rome. They did not consider themselves under bondage to Rome, they considered themselves free, but they were always looking for something physical, and they were looking at Jesus and saying, how can you say that we are are slaves when we aren't slaves to anybody because we are the children of Abraham. And then the Lord gets to the real issue of the problem. The Lord gets to the place where everybody needs to get. And he says this, it's very true that I tell you everyone, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And a slave has no permanent place in the family but a a son belongs to it forever. What was Jesus saying? He's saying, guys, here's the real truth. It's not about this physical world. It's about your spiritual condition. That if you really want to change, if you want to be my disciple, that you're not just going to be my disciple because you hear, and, but if you abide in what I'm saying, you're going to know the truth. And the truth is this, that every single one of us have a sin condition. That whether you're a, a, a follower of Abraham or not, you have a condition called sin. And Christ came to remedy that condition called sin. That when he died on the cross, he paid our way. He paid our way. Jesus said, you'll know truth intimately. But Jesus also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So you can't know truth without knowing Christ. And he said, the issue is sin. And my friends, today... In our world, the issue is still sin. And the solution is Jesus. And no matter how much we want to change, and no matter what we try to do to change, it's just going to make it worse until we decide once and for all that the real issue is sin. And I'm, and I'm not going to look at anything else, but I'm going to deal with this thing called sin, disobedience to God. And, and, and I, as long as I'm a slave to sin, I have no place in the family, but when I give my life to Christ and I am born again I'm adopted into the family of God I have a place I have a right I have a privilege that I am a child of the living God and that place will abide forever if you want to change the world start with one person and that's you If you really want to change in this whole thing that we call this life, it starts with justification. It starts with going to the Lord and realizing that I have a sin issue that I need to deal with. 
And you ask the Lord to forgive you. And you ask the Lord to come into your life. And you repent of the things that you have done wrong. And you allow the presence of God to fill your life. But it doesn't stop there. But it takes an abiding in that spirit, abiding in that truth. We call it a great word called sanctification. Isn't that a great word? Wish I would have thought of it. Sanctification. It just simply means this. It's setting apart. It's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, conforming us into the image of Christ. In other words, that, that longing, that change that we're looking for, that we want equality, that we want blessing, that we want everyone to be blessed. It starts with us, and it starts with us being transformed on the inside, allowing the work of the Holy Spirit to have full effect. Well, how does the Holy Spirit work in our life? Well, I'm glad you asked. Now, I know the Lord will speak to us in a language we understand. Whether you hear the voice of the Lord or He speaks to you with an inner knowledge or, or maybe it's through something you read or something you see, the Lord will speak to you and you'll know His voice. The Scripture says, My sheep know my voice. He'll speak to you in a way that you understand. He'll get your attention. Sometimes, and I know in my life, if I have a, reoccur a reoccurring situation, it's because the Lord is working on me in something in my own life. And every time it reoccurs, it's because I keep dropping the ball. I don't follow through. I'm not finished with that process. But the Lord is so gracious and so kind. He'll keep working on us and keep working in our lives and keep and keep trying to, to develop us and change us into the image that, that we are designed to be. So allow the work of the Holy Spirit to change us, to transform us. As I'm speaking, I can, I, I can already sense there, there, there are people here today, and I, I'm sure there are people that are watching online that, that are saying, you know, there are things in my own life. And, and, if, and I would say this, if you're looking at yourself and say, well, there's nothing in my life that needs a change, yeah, you need to abide in the truth a little bit longer. It's the acknowledgement. It's the truth. It's the understanding that we're imperfect beings striving to be like Christ. And the only way we can be like Christ is by coming to the throne of grace and saying, create in me a right heart and renew a right spirit within me. And when we do that, he's gracious and kind and full of grace to give us everything we need to be transformed into his image. And when we're transformed, Scripture says others will ask of the hope that is in you. My friends, we have the voice of freedom. We get to proclaim the good news. We also need to be that good news that Christ redeems that Christ pardons, that Christ transforms.
Paul said it this way. He said, uh, you, were, you were once murderers and thieves and, and, and liars. And he said, but now, but now you're washed. But now you're cleansed. But now you're forgiven. no greater desire in my heart today than to see humanity rise to the level that God intended. But I know it's only through the work of the cross that humanity will ever achieve its goals. So today, as we prepare for communion, I'm going to ask those that have asked to please come. I'm going to ask you in, in just a moment to come down and partake of the elements. Uh, if you would take them back to the seat with you, and then we are going to share together. If you're at home, if you would like to join us, that would be great. we participate in communion as a remembrance of truth. As my father-in-law always said, if you see a turtle on a fence post, you know one thing. He didn't get there by himself. And I will tell you the truth. If you see a person that's pardoned and cleansed and forgiven, they did not get there on their own. If you see anyone that's a child of God, that's been born again into the family of God, it's through the work of the cross. Always has been. Everything before led up to the cross and everything after has pointed to the cross. It's the cross, it's the work that Christ did where he paid our ransom. He paid the penalty for our sins to give us the opportunity to know truth. And it's that truth sets us free from a bondage and a life of sin. As we partake in communion today and we, we take a cup of, of juice and we take the, the bread, we need to remind ourselves that it is the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. It's the truth of His sacrifice that sets us free. I wonder today, as we participate, as we come, if we could examine our own lives and say, Lord, in this, in this time of sanctification in our life, as we're growing closer to you, are, are, we, trying to, are we trying to change the world through any other measure than through the gospel, the truth? 
perhaps there's just something in our own life that we're trying to, to overcome, to try to get rid of. Maybe the Lord keeps bringing it over and over and over again in our life. But today, today could be the day that you say, Lord, I see it, I understand it, and I ask for the grace of God to transform me. Perhaps everything's well with you, and all you really want to do is come down and say, Lord, thank you. Today, let's celebrate our freedom through Jesus Christ. This table is open.